Hey, welcome to the Bibleosophy Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Wallace, and uh, I'm excited about this whole project. With uh, Bibleosophy, we want to look at the Bible in its context, trying to place ourselves within it and then see how and what we can apply to our daily lives. Basically, what wisdom can we gain from genuinely encountering the Bible? Uh, this is our first ever episode, and today we're setting the foundation for the entire podcast, even going forward, and we're going to look at how the Bible is the story of God. So, as we're looking at this, uh, when, when we're talking about, when I say that this whole thing is about God, this whole every story is there, and if you have read any part of the Bible, you're like, well... I think, for, for example, the stories about Abraham are about Abraham. And at one level, I'm going to agree with you. At a whole other level, I'm going to say this is still about God. This is about him and him beginning to work with and through a guy named Abram. And that's we're talking about Genesis 12 here is where this kicks off. And, and we'll look at that some. But uh, the the Bible, though, from front to back is about God. His method of telling the story, though, is through people. And that's what, when we look at these, we go, no, this story is about David. This story is about Elijah. And again, this is about God working through the lives of these people, God uh, speaking to them, God challenging them, and then how they respond. And so it's not, if we reverse this and say this is about people, then we make people primary. If we go, this thing's about God, I'm saying we're making God primary. We're making God the very first thing. So his method then is to tell stories through lives of people. And uh, he has tended uh, in just this fantastic way to tell his story through some really odd choices. I think if I were uh, uh, picking out something that... I would think of as the Bible, then I would pick out these maybe great people. And, and there are some fantastic people, but uh, the Bible seems to really show some of the flaws, some of the real uh, messed up things about people. And so, uh, I mean, think about the people that uh, God has chosen to tell his story through. Uh, even the guy we'll talk a little bit about today and then going forward or the next couple of weeks, we're going to really kind of introduce the, the heart of this podcast. And, uh, and that's this, is that at the very beginning that I want to start is that this story, this context is God. Um, and it's about God. It, he is the central figure. He's the central hero. And then he's decided to do this and tell the story and do his work through people as he's trying to restore this. And so we're going to be looking at Abram, uh, who became Abraham in the upcoming weeks. And I'm um, really looking forward to this. We're going to just take our time through the Bible and, uh, and work on it randomly. Maybe we'll switch off and do a little theme thing. And uh, also, if you have questions, man, I'd love to, to work on those and uh, do my best at answering them. And if not an answer, just have a con- have a conversation about them. Because um, I think it might be fun just to let you know what the questions that kind of pop up in my head when I'm uh, encountering questions and how I process them. So, But if you think about the people that God has worked through, uh, beginning with Abram, and again, who becomes, God changes his name to Abraham, which is how we typically refer to him. But you've got this guy, 
Abraham, who God calls out to, from, to move from one place to another, and Abraham immediately responds and goes and do it. But then later on, we see Abraham lying just to save his own life. He um, doesn't sell his wife, but he sells out his wife. Like uh, there's a king who's interested in her, and he just says, oh, she's my sister. Just so, just don't kill me because, you know, my wife's good looking. And uh, so... We've got this guy who is now considered the father of faith, but at certain points was more worried that uh, something bad was going to happen to him than he was even the people that he, I mean, in our point of view, should have been caring about. Uh, Abraham's uh, son, uh, Abraham, uh, and then uh, Isaac, who... You don't even hear from Isaac. Uh, there's probably, possibly, at least in my mind, a good reason. I mean, if you are uh, almost sacrificed there, uh, it might cause some emotional challenges there for you. Uh, but as you go from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob to to uh, Abraham's grandson, we've got a really kind of uh, interesting guy here who, at one point, God says, look, I'm going to totally, God meets him and says, I'm going to completely take care of you. Everything's going to be okay. And I like to think that uh, if God, if I knew God was speaking to me, like I saw angels going up and down, you know, the Leonard Skinner stairway to heaven kind of thing that was going on. I'd like to think that I would say, yes, God, I believe you. Uh, Jacob is just different because uh, he basically says, well, we'll see. We'll see. You know, God, if, if you're good. And again, God's telling his story through these people. And uh, Jacob eventually definitely comes around, very clearly comes around. But uh, then Jacob has a bunch of, um, has about a bunch of kids and they're a mess. They actually sell off one of their brothers named Joseph. And Joseph himself seems like a snotty kid who uh, just doesn't know when to shut up. But as a result, they, the, what his brothers do to him in response to that is n- not even close to uh, what would be a decent. I mean, you might punch him. You might, you know, beat him on the arm till he cries or something. I don't know. Maybe that's what, what brothers do. But it never occurred to me as an older brother that, oh, maybe I should consider murdering my brothers uh, or maybe possibly sell them into slavery. But uh Man, Jacob's kids managed to do this, led by uh, one of them named, named Judah, uh, who turns out to be one of the leading people, and at least his tribe that comes from the, him, uh, one of the leading groups in this entire nation, but just a mess. And Joseph is this kind of snotty kid, but he becomes completely faithful the way he walks this through. As you keep you jump forward a, a, a few hundred years, you got Moses, who... As a younger man, uh, at least in his 40s, early early 30s, or within his 30s, 40s, somewhere in there, uh, is loud mouth, is decided that he's going to save his people, and he ends up murdering somebody. And once he realizes that this isn't going to go the way he wants, he runs away and uh, lives out in the desert for 40 years until God meets him again, until God shows up. And you have the, the burning bush thing. And that's where you obeyed God. David, uh, jumping forward much further, you got David who, uh, incredible, worshiped God like nobody else. Uh, 
David and Goliath defeated the giant. Just unbelievable things that David David did and was. I think one of the ways you can uh, figure out what someone, another person is about is look at those who surround them. Look at those who follow them or who have been influenced by them. What type of people are they? And when you've got whole sections of the Bible that are saying these are David's mighty men, here's the thing. Mighty people don't follow weak people. Uh, And so David is the type of person that amazing people follow. And this is, I mean, he's, this is what you would expect. This is Bible stuff. This is, okay, finally, we've got someone. But then there's Bathsheba. And uh, David loses his way completely. Ends up sleeping with her, getting her pregnant, murdering her husband. And this is the guy who God is promising to do great stuff. Some of us have heard of, many of us have heard of Solomon, who's just supposed to be brilliant and wise. But by the end of his life was a complete mess. Family was a mess and just had nothing together. We've got Daniel, who uh, seemed, I mean, his life was just, it looks to be solid, but he lived his life as a prisoner. Uh, Not as a, someone, I mean, you want to hear about those who are victorious, those who are going forward and, 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 doing amazing things. But Daniel was just living as a prisoner, incredibly righteous. We learn a ton. And the thing is, is that through each of these, we are learning about the character of God. We're learning about how God works through flawed people, how God works through hurting people, how God works through success, how God works through literally every area, how God deals with those who truly trust him, how God deals with those who absolutely don't. How God deals with those who uh, say they want to be in covenant, say they want to be close to God, and then choose not to. How How he deals with those who, such as Ruth, are completely not in covenant with God, but act like they are. And we see God doing amazing things through someone like Ruth, through someone like Rahab. And this is the story of God working through people. As you keep going, you got Esther, who I I can't imagine she wanted to marry that king. But at one point, she got it, that she had to save her people. She had to go through this. And this wasn't, uh, there's so many ways that uh, if you were just going through the, the law, you would go, oh, Esther shouldn't have done this. Esther shouldn't have done this. What in the world is going on with this? But in the end, we've got God saving his people through this woman who decided to sacrifice herself. And it ended up going well for her. It ended up going well with her, for her uncle Mordecai. But we don't. I, if you were living her in that context, you wouldn't know that. You've got to jump into the New Testament after Jesus shows up, and you've got Peter, who's just a rough fisherman, who at some one point cuts off someone's ears, just has a mouth ahead of his head, and it's just going, and Jesus is having to deal with this. But this is the guy who Jesus said, you're the rock. And upon that rock, I'm going to build my church. We've got flawed people who just don't have it together completely, but God working through people that need someone to work through them. We've got Paul, as we... Uh, who tried to destroy the church. This is how he's introduced, is watching Stephen get killed, get stoned to death. And uh, 
God knocks him off a horse and, and makes him the greatest missionary ever known. And the majority of the old of the New Testament is written by this guy. And these are the people that God works through. These are the people that God says, eh, I'm going to do something. And among the reasons is because he's not just trying to find the strongest, the best, the easiest, the, the, the most obvious. He's looking for those people who he goes, there's, when, when, when something is done through them, there's going to be no question. There's going to be no question that I'm the one who did this. So to kind of break this down and, and illustrate or get further into this, kind of apply it at rather, because I think I hopefully you got the context here, is we're talking about God. We're talking about this is the story of God. And, and so we'll jump back to uh, Genesis 12. And, and as we're introduced to, to Abram, his, uh, he's moved with his dad from a land called Ur, which is uh, uh, probably over near where we currently uh, know of as Iraq. And then they move up north to a place called Haran. And uh, while he's there, his, his dad dies, and it's just Abram as the, as the head of this household. And it's at this point, God shows up to him. God appears to him. And, and in verse t- chapter 12, Genesis verses 1 and 2, it says, The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. And verse 2, it says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. So God sums up as saying, look, I know you're where you're at. You're safe. Everything's good to go. I want you to move. And I'm going to make you a great nation. So essentially saying, go, be a blessing. I will bless you. Go. I'm going to bless you to the point that you can be a blessing. Abram's response is, that, I mean, literally verse 3, so he went. And that's pretty amazing. When we talk about Abram, that's what we'll talk about. We'll start talking about faith. We'll, 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 we'll uh, Actually, in about two weeks, we're going to uh, talk about faith. We're going to really dive in. I don't know that uh, within 30 minutes we can nail down everything about faith. But to get the idea that faith is trust, that, that faith isn't just uh, you agreeing you know, that, that faith isn't just about, uh, do I have the same opinion as you? But faith is about genuine trust. Faith is about uh, uh, completely believing, uh, much more than an intellectual kind of agreement, but instead a, a belief to the point that uh, response happens. So as, we're, as I'm thinking about God's story, as I'm thinking about uh, how it affects us and how it can be applied, how, what... Uh, uh, to follow the name Bibleosophy, we've covered the Bible, that context part. What about the the, the sophos, the, the wisdom part of this? And I think uh, first about God's story, I think consistent, I think there's themes that we can see, and this won't be exhaustive because I think I could continue to pull these out, but these are the ones that really kind of uh, catch me, got me today. So I'm looking at it, and I think the story of God a number of times illustrates that it's about finding a way what I call home that I told you, I think the, uh, uh, a good theme for the entire Bible is restoring Eden. And I think this is what we see God doing is showing people a way home that if we think about, uh, even though I'm throwing in a bunch of different parts of the Bible, we think about the uh, story of the prodigal son. Well, not uh, uh, a historical event. That story is the idea that uh, a boy is among the ideas there 
is that we've got this guy who's far away from home. He's the one who's walked away. He's the one who's rudely left. But at the same time, his father's waiting for him. And this story, the story of the whole Bible, is about you and I and everyone we, can, we, we ever meet having the opportunity to go home. His story is about finding a way home. And in Psalm 68, 6, um, uh, my friend Andy, this is one of his favorite verses, and it definitely is one of mine. But 68, 6 says, God sets the lonely in families. That is just unbelievable. As a, as a foster kid who even then got lucky because I had such a solid family for about 10 years, but still in different houses and different and, and having an overwhelming sense of not being wanted, to encounter God was to encounter being wanted and about actually there, there being a home that may not be a literal home, but instead this uh, place of safety within him. And God setting the lonely into families that this story is about finding the way home. I think uh, his story is also about uh, living a purpose that maybe you've missed. We weren't paying attention. Uh, somehow, I, I think that uh, he declares purpose, and it doesn't even mean that we missed it. Maybe we just weren't aware of it or him just clarifying it. For me, it's been a lot of that is, oh, yeah, I remember you telling me that. So maybe I should start doing that again. Some of the podcast is that, is a chance to just express what I think God's teaching is there's a way that we can help. And so I think his story is about living a, is about living the, the a purpose within him. In Exodus 3.10, God says this, he says to, to Moses, go, I'm saying, just that go word, I can't even get past that. It's about going, it's about him saying, move here, do this. And he says, go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people Israelites out of Egypt. It, this is a statement of not only movement, but clarification of purpose. This is why you exist. And I think in the Bible, we find these things. In the Bible, we find uh more information and creativity can actually happen. The more information we have, the more uh, awareness we have, then we can we find the ability to be creative. We find the ability to see things we haven't seen before. We find the ability to understand uh, God more, to understand the story of others more. We then understand the story of God more. And this incredible thing, we find our purpose that maybe we missed, maybe we just haven't been a hold of. I think uh, uh, this is God moving through his story to touch our lives and help us become a part of that story. I think uh, uh, at least third in this, these ideas uh, is that his story, God's story is about hope. This is a pretty popular verse, but I think it, it's still just strong. Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. This is the plan. I, this is uh, Jeremiah is prophesying to the the nation of Israel to the Hebrews, but this is still the the character of God. This is one of the things that we see there within context. We can, we're going to be able to see that. Oh, this is what happened to them. These words were spoken to them. But when we get a sense that this is the character, this is the. Uh, the, the manner in which God deals with things generally, we then are able to go, oh, I then can trust 
going forward because I know this is how God does things. And in there, there's hope. When God's able to look at it and you're able to begin to trust it, when God's able to look at it and go, I know what you see in front of you, but that's not my plan. There's a purpose you might have missed, and I have a way to take you home. I have an intent to bring you, but not only you, but everybody you see home. And and at least to me, I'm hearing hope. At least for me, I'm hearing that not only is there hope for me, I get to go to heaven. Um, That's this incredible, crazy, uh, uh, not possibility, but, uh, but opportunity, incredible, just unbelievable thing. But I'm also saying, well, what am I supposed to do? How? And in that, I start finding purpose. And in that, I'm able to not only hear hope, live hope, but give hope. And and it's in this, this fourth theme, I think, comes up. And it's that his story, which has been told through all these people, is now told through you. Because there's no difference between you and the great ones of, of the Bible, except their story has already been told, and it's done, and yours isn't. That we still have opportunity. There's still breath going, and we get to continue this story. Ephesians 1.11 says, In him we were chosen. We have been predestined according to a plan of him who works out everything in conformity, in the shape of his purpose, the purpose of his will. And in 1 Thessalonians 1, 4, it says, We know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you. 1 Peter 2, 9 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may, not declare, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So it's a bunch of verses that, that in the future we'll break down, we'll look at, and we'll see what's, what's beautiful about them. But my point in, in saying those is God has chosen you. He's chosen you to definitely be with him in heaven. But he's not only cho- done that, sort of this, because uh, we could take that and just be passive with it. Just be like, oh, good, everything's fixed for me. Well, great. What about everybody else? What about how are we going? What are we going to do with this thing? And if this story is about finding a way home, then it's not just home for me, but it's home for everybody. How can I help that happen? That his story is about living a purpose that maybe we've missed. Then this purpose is to see those who need to find a way home. And if his story is about hope, then it's about looking at those who need a way home, knowing that our purpose is to give that hope that we may not live in that fixed situation yet but that there's hope that God is worth trusting, that God is strong enough to get this thing done. And that then this story that we get the chance to figure out and, and, and do this with God is told through you. It's told through me. And to me, that's just unbelievably amazing. So I think uh, what I wanted uh, is I, we used to do something we call the next step. And I think it really fits at least for this week is that, Listen, guys, God is looking for normal people. And and whatever you are, that's what we'll call normal. It doesn't mean you don't have your own weirdness. Everybody's got their weird. Everybody's got their stupid. Everybody's also got their amazing. Everybody's got their incredible gifts. And we come out, we're kind of an amalgamation of all those things. And God's essentially looking for you. 
He's looking for someone who can talk to the people you can talk to. Same for me. He's looking for people who are just willing to say yes, people who know that the story is about God and that they're willing to say, God, if this is your story, bring me along. Bring me along because I want to be a part of what you're doing. Our show of appreciation for what he's doing with the sun up, within us is to just say, yeah, let's go. When he says, hey, I want you to move, we go, okay. Whether it's metaphorical or literal, we're going to be able to learn from Abram. We're going to be able to learn from Isaac. We're going to be able to learn from Jacob and Joseph and Judah and David and all these people we're going to be able to look at and go, oh, there's what they were living. How does that apply to me? And that's the purpose of this podcast. Hey, thank you for listening to the Bibleosophy podcast. Is this helpful? Uh, please take the time to give us a great review. Also, definitely subscribe and then help us out by recommending uh, Bibleosophy to everybody you know.